From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker. And I'm Jennifer Shutt, budget and appropriations reporter. And welcome to Infrastructure Week yet again, because just when you thought bipartisan talks on a major infrastructure spending package were going nowhere, uh, lawmakers appeared to be making a little bit of headway maybe this week. And so we wanted to look at where we are in this negotiation process and whether the prospects have improved much for a bipartisan deal, because you remember uh, President Biden is pushing for a $2 trillion infrastructure package and Republicans want a much smaller package, radically smaller with no tax increases. It's been a major impasse, but Senate Republicans, Jen, paid a new visit to Biden in the Oval Office on Thursday, and it seemed like talks are heating up. Yeah, it sounds like the meeting on Thursday afternoon between key Senate Republicans, including West Virginia's Shelley Moore Capito, who's sort of spearheading these negotiations for her party, it sounds like they made a decent amount of progress. And several Senate Republicans, including Senator Shelley Moore Capito and uh, Missouri's Roy Blunt, said that they expect to provide another sort of more detailed proposal to the Biden administration early next week. And Senator Capito did not rule out that new Republican proposal increasing the total amount of spending that Republicans are willing to accept on a bipartisan infrastructure package. And so it sounds like things are going to be moving potentially very quickly in the next week or two heading towards the Memorial Day recess to really try to get at least some sort of handshake agreement um, or maybe agreement in principle in Washington lingo on some type of bipartisan infrastructure proposal. Yeah, it was kind of striking how uh, optimistic Capito in particular seemed to be coming out of the White House, telling reporters that, it, you know, it was very productive. She was very encouraged. Uh, they're going to make a counter offer now. They're going to revise their original offer. Uh, so you might remember Republicans um, offered up only $568 billion of new spending. That would be over five years. Um, and they had stopped short of any concrete way to pay for it, really. But they've talked about using user fees uh, and tapping, tapping some pandemic relief money that hadn't been spent yet. But really nothing specific on how they'd pay for it. And only $568 billion. So that was a far cry from the $2 trillion that, that Biden has been pushing for. Um, but you know, Biden has really been eager to get some kind of bipartisan deal. And so he clearly, they spoke for about two hours in the Oval Office. That's a considerable amount of time with the president. And Republicans did sound very encouraged and said they're going to revise their offer and come back as early as next week. So that did seem to provide some, some reason to think that, that this thing could be heading somewhere. But yeah, it's, think, it's certainly it's certainly no easy feat. And they're still far apart, we should say. Yeah. And I think there's a few things happening behind the scenes here. And the first is it seems like the Biden administration, Democratic leaders and Republican leaders have all sort of agreed behind the scenes that they want a bipartisan deal. Right. So you have the sort of core powers uh, on Capitol Hill and in the White House 
all deciding that they do want to get to a bipartisan agreement. They don't just want to push all of this to the reconciliation process. And the other thing um, that's going to, you know, I think really influence this a little bit is that Republicans did select Senator Shelley Moore Capito as sort of their chief negotiator in this. And she is an appropriator, right? And I know I personally have a lot of bias towards appropriators. I'm an appropriations reporter. They're the lawmakers I talk to the most. They're the people that I've been going back and forth with on these large government funding legislations for years in terms of negotiations. And I think when you put an appropriator in charge of negotiations, she is used to working with Democrats and she's used to having to get agreement on something because on the regular appropriations bills, if she and her House counterparts and Democrats on her subcommittee don't get bipartisan agreement, the Department of Homeland Security either gets a continuing resolution or a government shutdown. And so I think she's used to, you know, finding the middle ground and she's used to being in the room um, and she's used to just doing the work as opposed to, uh, you know, maybe, you know, being on broadcast news trying to score political points. And so I think that's another really big part of these negotiations. Yeah. And then, you know, one, one way to look at this, one reason Republicans may be optimistic is one of them was saying this week that, that actually the gap in their proposals is less wide than it appears, even though, even though Biden is pushing for over $2 trillion and, and Republicans offered only $568 billion, I mean, like a quarter of what Biden wants. If you if you look at some of the details, the Republicans were saying it's not as wide because you know Biden's plan was over eight years of spending. Republicans were offering only a five year plan. So if you adjust the years, it's there's less of a gap. And then one of the proposals had included um, some base spending from the regular highway bill that the other proposal didn't. So they're saying if you factor all that stuff in. One Republican senator was suggesting really the gap could be as narrow as $300 billion, which is still a sizable chunk, but that's much less of a gap than, than you might think. But for all that being said, even if they can crunch the spending to a reasonable compromise position, there's still this major impasse over how to pay for it. And, and you know, Mitch McConnell this week again um, declared a red line against any reversal of the Trump tax cuts. And Biden wants to pay for this thing with some big tax increases on corporations, including raising that capital gains rate. Um, and that's no go for Republicans. So there's still a huge gap there. Now, it was interesting because Biden gave an, uh, an interview on cable television on Wednesday night where he was trying to suggest we don't have to reverse the tax Trump tax cuts to pay for this. He was trying to kind of court Republicans in that interview um, by saying there are other ways we can raise revenue without reversing the Trump tax cuts. For instance, his proposal to beef up IRS enforcement, which he says can raise as much as a trillion dollars, which I think is overstating it for reasons we can get into. But um, you know, there is that untapped money of taxes that are owed, but not paid. And if you crack down on enforcement, you can get some of that. And that doesn't reverse the Trump tax cuts. And the other piece Biden pointed to in his proposal was this, this how to calculate a capital gains increase 
uh, eliminating the so-called stepped up basis um, so that, so that uh, right now uh, you don't have to pay taxes on the increase in value when the property gets inherited. It's complicated, but that is not a, an actual tax cut. Biden's saying all these things could be done without reversing the Trump tax cuts. I don't think there's any sense yet from Republicans, though, that they're, they're, they're open to much of that, maybe on IRS enforcement, but not the other stuff. So there's still a major gap there in how to pay for it. But we'll see what Republicans come back with next week and whether there's more of an opening to any kind of tax measures that might get them a little closer together. Yeah, I think it sounds like they're making progress in these negotiations, not just on total spending, the definition of infrastructure and where exactly all this money should go, but it sounds like they are getting into more detail on how to pay for this package once they do agree on a top line. And so I think those are both signs of progress. I think another really interesting point from this week that we heard from Senator Capito and Senator Blunt on the Republican side is that it sounds like party leaders, GOP party leaders are starting to accept that Democrats are going to do a two-step process, that they are going to move some type of bipartisan infrastructure package if they can reach agreement, which is still several steps away. And then Democrats are going to turn to the reconciliation process, that fast track process that avoids them needing at least 10 Republicans in the Senate to move through procedural floor votes for what they can't get in the bipartisan infrastructure package. And to me, that was a pretty big sign that Republicans are okay with Democrats doing that sort of two-step approach. And that is a pretty big shift from even just last month in April, when we were hearing from Republicans on the Hill as high as Republican whip in the Senate, John Thune, that they really did not like that idea, that they did not want to you know, give and take during complicated lengthy negotiations with Democrats on an infrastructure package and then have Democrats just throw everything else in a reconciliation bill. And I think one of the key factors there is that Republicans are getting increasingly confident or maybe even comfortable with the idea that Democrats probably wouldn't be able to do a whole lot um, in terms of spending and sort of left-leaning policy with a reconciliation bill in the Senate due to concerns from more moderate Democrats like West Virginia Democratic Joe Manchin and Arizona's Kristen Sinema and others, especially after a year of multi-trillion dollar bill after multi-trillion dollar bill. Right. That was sort of an evolution because when Republicans heard Democrats start talking about reconciliation, they were really put off initially and said, look, why do you want to negotiate with us? You're just going to go your own way anyway. So they ha it does sound like they've come around a little bit to the idea of, okay, we can do a bipartisan bill even if you do reconciliation later. Um, that is sort of an evolution that was interesting. And I was struck, Jen, that, that Biden in his TV interview on the night before he was going to meet with the Republicans even, um, made said, said as much said said look i want i really want a bipartisan deal i want to see how much we can agree on let's get that to kickstart this process he said and then he said we can fight over what's left meaning then whatever they don't get in a bipartisan deal democrats can cobble together through the reconciliation process and he said he would get it done without republicans if need be which means 
Democrats would pass it on a party line vote through the reconciliation process. So we're going to have, we're probably going to be looking at two bites at this apple, first with a bipartisan bill, if it, if it comes together, and then whatever they, however much they don't get through there, a reconciliation bill. So it's going to keep them busy, but um, we'll see. And then we'll see if, if, when they get to a reconciliation bill, whether people like Joe Manchin are still on board and he had been resistant to reconciliation because Manchin really wants bipartisan, but maybe if they already pass a bipartisan bill, he'd be more open to then considering the reconciliation bill. Yeah, it's entirely possible. And I think there's a lot of different scenarios that are gonna be playing out um, throughout the rest of this month and then June and July heading towards the August recess, not just on these infrastructure packages, but on the regular budget appropriations package, um, not to completely shift gears here, but we did learn from the Biden administration just yesterday that they are going to be releasing their full fiscal year 22 budget request on uh, May 27th, I believe it is. And so that is you know, also gonna add another layer of work um, and of bills heading to the floor and the House and Senate. And so, we are looking towards a few very, very busy months, I think. Yeah, and that's a good point because time is of the essence here. And one of the big questions has been, how long do they let these bipartisan talks play out before moving to a reconciliation bill that could be Democrats only? Um, and Biden kind of offered an answer to that question this week was interesting too, um, because he said in that interview, he wants to see real progress on a potential bipartisan deal by Memorial Day. So that's not a lot of time. That means he's only giving this a couple more weeks. I mean, that was a signal to me that Republicans have a couple more weeks to prove they're serious on a bipartisan deal. And you had Senator Blunt, the Missouri Republican, recognize that. And he said to reporters, we know we have to move quickly and we're going to get this counter offer to him maybe early next week. So they're going to be moving fast uh, because they know there's not a lot of time now for this to come together because they want a bipartisan, some, some real progress out of a bipartisan deal to come together by Memorial Day, in which case we're going to be really busy to get that passed because then the Democrats are going to want time to consider reconciliation. So a lot coming down the pike on top of Biden's big budget release also right before Memorial Day. We're gonna be really busy, but CQ and Roll Call will be covering it all for you as always. That does it for us today. If you have any questions or comments about our podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You can always drop us an email. The address is cqpodcast, one word, at cqrollcall.com. The CQ Budget Podcast is produced by CQ Roll Call a leader in nonpartisan political and policy news and analysis for more than 70 years. CQ Roll Call is part of Fiscal Note, a global technology and media company. Thank you all for listening. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker. And I'm Jennifer Shutt, budget and appropriations reporter. You can always stay up to date by subscribing to the CQ Budget Newsletter. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, NPR One, or just Google the phrase CQ Budget Podcast. And we'll be back next week.